So, well, you know what? Okay, we talked about this before. Is I mean, you can t- stop me if this is going to be on the show, but uh, last episode there was a caller who called in looking for uh, Pokemon dick puns, <laughs> yeah. and I'm furious with myself, and I have been since we pressed stop on the goddamn show on uh, recording it because um, Pokemon means pocket monster, and that is a dick pun. <laughs> It was right there staring us in the face the whole time. It was on the tip of my tongue. supposed to do we shut it down <clears throat> welcome to tell friends where we're listening to the messages you leave at 304-518 jams jams my name's casey my co-host is bo hello bo hello i have heard all these calls bo hasn't heard any of them let's get into it with call number two call number two so i've got a horror story for you I just saw a disembodied dreadlock on the floor outside of one of the bathrooms at University of Texas at Austin. So, if that is the final shot of a horror movie, what is the opening line? And who stars as the protagonist? What's the... uh, I I mean... (laughs) This... A lonely, the loneliest dreadlock was laying in the ground. My first thought is, what if that didn't come off of a head? Oh no. Um, I think that movie's called Hey Mon, and it stars, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like uh, Matthew Lillard and uh, what's the guy's name? Seth. Um, what, who you going for? Red haired, green. Seth, yeah, it's Matthew Lillard and Seth Green, and oh. a, a vacation hijinks ensue on a uh, trip to Jamaica. It's like that movie. It could be a sequel to that movie they made with Dax Shepard, where they go on a river <laughs> rafting trip, but this time they're in Jamaica. Going wild? Is that what they call it? Wild. Wild and boys. <laughs> Wilding time. Um, the, what's the first line of the, of the movie? Is it called Hey Mon? It's the first line... One of them looking in the mirror and going, should I get dreadlocks? <laughs> the little go, yes. Um, what if it's uh, what if it's um, Adam Duritz behind the music? Oh, no. The Adam Duritz story? Yeah. Did he go back to school? Did he finally give up the ghost? And... It's called The Longest December. <laughs> Even longer December. <laughs> <laughs> the long December of my dreadlocks. He, uh. he decides by 2016 to go back to school. He's yeah. in that bathroom and he's like, everybody recognizes me because I'm so famous. He, what he does is he, 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 <laughs> he, he cuts off all of his dreadlocks at the end of the movie. The closing scene is at the end of the movie, he's cutting off all of his dreadlocks and to reveal a, a wizened man with gray hair. And he says, you know, 
Gray is my favorite color. Is that a... That's a Mr. Jones line. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about your intimate knowledge of the lyrics of Mr. Jones. <sighs> oh, fuck, man. Because that song's gotta play at the beginning when he goes to the school and he's super stoked to be there. What if the... Yeah, okay. What if the name of this movie is Mr. Jones and Me? And um, It's the story of Adam Duritz going back to school. But, but he... Adam Duritz plays... An older professor who is the mentor to young Adam Duritz. And he plays Mr. Jones. What if... (laughs) It's the story of Adam Duritz going back to school, uh, a la Rodney Dangerfield. Uh Uh-huh. So Adam Duritz is the Rodney Dangerfield character? Sort of. And then he also plays the (laughs) professor. Like, he gets to school and he sits down for the first day and he looks down at his schedule. And he's like, oh, man poetry class or something i don't know now you'd probably be stuck for poetry class yeah physics That's why he's there and then the teacher walks in you don't see his face and he goes to the board he goes my name is and he writes it out mr jones that he turns and it's adam dirt's an old man makeup whoa is this a time travel story that i just made i think it might be at the end yeah. That's future Adam Duritz coming back to teach middle-aged Adam Duritz a lesson. Oh, okay, so Adam Duritz is going back to school, and then his professor is Adam Duritz. Yes. Or future Adam Duritz. They both agree that young Adam Duritz nailed it mm-hmm. by being super popular in a band that no one's ever heard of and dating, like, three cast members of Friends. But, okay, but what, but then they have to be roommates, so roommates over Christmas break. Yeah. Because they both get locked out of the school, and yeah. that's why it's called A Long December. Yeah, and like old yeah, and like old Adam Duritz is like <laughs> fighting with like what he could tell young Adam Duritz, you know, or middle aged Adam Duritz. Right. Again, they both agree that young Adam Duritz is just killed it. Yeah. Oh man, I love this movie. I would watch this movie, and it's called Mr. Jones and Me. It's called Mr. Jones and Me. Yeah. Colon a long December. <laughs> the Adam Duritz story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in for that one. <laughs> okay, well, I figured that one out perfectly. Yeah. Uh, we've got a riddle on call number one. Uh, call number one. Hello, call number one. It didn't work. Didn't come what through. What kind of jeans do ghosts wear? Oh man, blue jeans? Yeah, that's perfect. That's the kind of jeans ghosts wear. Yeah, Shit. well done. Do you have any of those? Do you have like, like straight up joke jokes that you have like memorized? Uh, like not, not ones that aren't dirty. Yeah, like I never have any of them. <clears throat> like, what's the second someone starts telling one, I recognize. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I know where this is going. Right. Like I've got a coworker who has a billion of them. He like he's got new ones every day. Yeah, he like he's got like a joke book. He reads them online and then Ah, just keeps them in his head. I wonder if there's a has he got a subreddit for these? (laughs) I hope so. I hope it's not just like jokeaday.com. Oh man, you could be building your vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Yeah, (laughs) lots of edits in this one so far. Yeah. a little bit. Also, I mean, if you feel like we should talk about this, I feel like we should talk about how we're the show itself, Telefriends. So far, these calls have not been that scary. I'm going to be honest with you. 
<laughs> the first call was, I mean, terrifying. The circumstances under which you lose a dreadlock outside or potentially of a, terrifying. Ah, that could be, yeah. Um, but you know, so okay, but like Telefriends as a show itself plays into like one of my deep, my deepest fears, yeah. which is uh, listening to disembodied recordings without explanation. Well, I think the people that know that about you. Aren't the people who call? Maybe. Maybe. Like I don't, I'm not gonna call. I knew I that. I don't super advertise that. Like I almost called in with something that I knew would terrify <laughs> you, but then I was like, oh, I can't like bushwhack you with one of those. Uh, Here, call number eight is a call about serious, horrific things. Call number eight. Hi, how you doing? This is Jerry in Queens, New York. Um, I'm calling because, you know, I just don't know what's up with, uh, with the weather today. Seems to be pretty cold here in Queens. And, um, I was wondering if it was, if it was warm in Texas where you guys are. Uh, I would like to know if, uh, global warming is actually happening. And if it is, when is it coming here? Okay, thanks. Is there anything more terrifying than global warming? Uh, Jerry from Queens. First of all, he knows we're in Texas, which is a thing we have not advertised. Whatever. And I don't know any Jerry's from Queens. Um, is global warming real? <sighs> What's more scary than... Than 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 humankind causing its slowly causing its own extinction. Yeah, like a fucking. Is there going to be a moment of pure panic where it hits everybody like shit? Yeah, I think so. And what's going to be the thing that makes that happen? The water shortage. Is that what it's going to be? Yeah, that seems so gradual though. I think it's going to be all the fuck at once. There's not enough water. That sounds like a real bummer. Yeah, it's gonna be a real live tank girl scenario. <laughs> We're all gonna start Is wearing that bikinis. Is she called Tank Girl? Does she wear, have a tank of water? No, she drives a fucking tank. All oh, right. That's she also like has a kangaroo. The main two characters are her and her tank. Yeah, and the kangaroo. Ice T, in the movie. He's, yeah, he played one of the kangaroos. Um. <laughs> no, she drives a tank. <laughs> Uh, yeah, is global warming real? It does seem like they've stopped calling it global warming, and it's now called climate, climate change. change. That which makes sense. Yeah, I don't know why that is though. Uh, global warming set up the easy answer of minus snow, and there ain't no global warming. Right, and climate change addresses it implies like it's like there's it's changing the cold temperatures as well. Right, I think it's very much real. Uh, I think that. Uh, I don't know why it's a question, to be honest with you. I've never been able to figure it out. Like, the first time someone explained it, it's like, yeah, that makes all the sense. Yeah. The other thing is, like, it's it's, it's weird to, like... Man, I am not sharp this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe the afternoon is where we live. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, maybe I need some food in me. See, that's what I thought. I thought post-lunch buddies would be a... That's when we should do it? Yeah. Because we'll have hung out a little bit. 
get, we got out the flowers. Jitters. Yeah, yeah, because we're not flowing that well. No, we're not. I'm not. You are. I'm fine. All of our best ideas I feel really are good. your ideas. Um, <laughs> I'm right up here on this microphone. I haven't knocked it over. <laughs> right I feel on. good. Yeah, you're doing it. You're really killing. I feel a lot of pressure to perform, and I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> So I'm going to say climate change. Very real. When's it coming to Queens? It's already the fuck there. <gasps> Twist. And uh, The climate change is in the house. I think, however, I'll say that I believe that humankind has the uh, capacity to, if not reverse, the effects of climate change. I think the humankind has the capacity to gradually reverse the effects of climate change. And I think humankind has the capacity to stem the tide of most of the negative effects of climate change. That said, I think it's important, like, um, it's weird when you're, like, within, like, it, fuck, how to talk about this. <laughs> you know that thing about how, like, because humankind hasn't been around for very long. Shit, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's like, the pattern isn't. A temperate environment on Earth on a long enough time frame, right? The pattern is like ice ages and volcanic ages, right? We Extremes. just happen to be like in a period. We happen to have existed our whole civilization within a period between two ice ages, right? Yeah. So like, but that's not indicative of the larger pattern. No. And I think that's weird. I think it's weird to be experiencing an aberration as though it were the status quo. Yeah, that we are... We've kickstarted an aberration. Like with or we've kickstarted a return to the norm <laughs> from within an aberration. Ooh. Yeah. Suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> how how much is that and like I mean this is a Halloween spook spooky spooky friends. Yes. Is that more is that like a major fear? Is like Extinction? these real things? When you think about things that scare you? Uh, no. I mean, like, is it equal or greater than your fear of Frankenstein's? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I'm not super afraid of Frankenstein's monster anyway, though. Dracula's? I'm afraid of... What am I afraid of? Werewolves. Do you have a monster? Is what I was getting to. Well, I remember when I was a, a kid, I watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries where um, this like horrifying witch would appear. In that the was court. Robert Stack. What was am it? I talking about? No, no. Oh, the witch itself was Robert yeah, Stack? That's the host. Yeah. This uh, deep-voiced, masculine witch made you feel bad. This, okay, my monster. The so right, well, right. Oh, hold on. There was a witch that showed up in the corner of this child's room, and I was a child watching this, terrified that the same thing would happen to me. That was terrifying to me. But in truth, the monster that I'm afraid of. This is gonna sound so stupid. Whatever. Fuck me. Um, is like, uh, you know human being monsters the like oh like your serial killer people go crazy and become yeah. fucking terrible because i'm like we're all human beings so that capacity is within all of us somehow right yeah but 
like I could also be an astronaut. Not, not you know, how many of those do that's I run fair. into? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you can't. Uh, so my fear of going crazy should be tempered by my own mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> You're not that special. I'm just a regular mediocre schmuck. Yeah, ride that middle line. <sighs> yeah, I'm for it. the sunset. Well, we had another caller talk about their biggest fears. Let's call number five. All right, I thought of something spooky to talk about. Uh, so, I have a fear of spiders, a baseless, basically, fear of spiders. Uh, and I, uh, I'm going to talk about where I think it came from. Because I think I know. I think I can pinpoint that point in my history where I became afraid of spiders. And uh, let's call it maybe around five years old, definitely before third grade, so somewhere between five and eight, and I uh, went trick-or-treating, got a bunch of candy, you know that jam, don't remember what I was dressed as, my uh, my dad, so I, I got this giant spider gummy, you know the ones that are purplish, and they are still being made by a particular company, and uh, they, they still exist, uh, but they're these big old douchey gummies, and you can uh, take a big douchey. old bite into their spider butt, and uh, I, was, I was pretty little, and my dad, before I ate the spider gummy, convinced me somehow that it was alive, <laughs> jokingly, and was going to, to like Kids are so stupid. come back to life in my belly. And uh, I think I just started thinking about it real hard, you know, at that point. Like, like, man, spiders fucked up. They, they, like, have this weird thing where they paralyze and kill their prey. Some of them lay traps. They're always very sneaky. They're so inhuman. You know, spiders are fucked up. Uh, so I guess the thing that you guys to talk about is what is your greatest fear and where do you think it came from? <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> um, do you have a, like a bug one? Do you have like a spiders or? I become a homicidal maniac when I uh, 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 encounter um, roaches and palmetto bugs, like big cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. I like. Well, it's not a fear though. It's like no, a, it's a, a drive hate. to kill. Like okay. I'm like, I want to hear that weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of success. Yeah. Whatever air pocket inside of them. Do you think? Do you think this dude's fear of spiders? Oh man, I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, and I'm I'm, I'm excited. To... Okay. <laughs> Do you think this dude's fear of spiders is just like a like a narrative built to cope with his fear of spiders? No, to like compensate for. What his actual fear, which was the betrayal of his father. Oh, shit. Because I've got a very similar story. Yeah? Talk about it, dog. No, I don't remember if it was I mean, because my... it's not really a betrayal, but you're like a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's hilarious to lie to kids. Well, my dad like liked to trick us, as yeah. me and my brother's children. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... One thing I know he did for sure, and the other I attribute to him in my memory, but it might have been my older brother. It might have been like a cousin. But that story is that I was sitting on 
my backyard as a child. I don't remember how old I was. I had to be like eight or nine, somewhere in that range. And I had like killed an ant on our porch. Like there's a line of ants and I squished one. Yeah. And they told me that if I knew where all those ants were going, and I was like, oh yeah, they go to the queen. They're like, well, what do you know about the queen? And it's like, nothing. I'm fucking eight years old. <laughs> and they go on to tell me that the queen will seek revenge because they could smell the people that killed ants. Whoa. Whoa. Like, you know how ants get around is they smell chemicals and follow each other. And right. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. And it's like, well, they could also smell who's murdered ants and they'll come for you. <laughs> In my mind, this queen ant was like a foot and a half long. Yeah. And was going to crawl into my window at night and... Mm. Squish me, yeah. butthole, and yeah, is eat my, you from within? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Terrified me. <laughs> it was that kind of terror that, like, was mine so personally. Like, it was I was sh- ashamed that I would have killed this ant? Yeah, that I couldn't tell anybody else about it. Right. So I just sat in terror. Oh man, for like days. I feel bad for that, for you in that scenario. But at the same time, it's like if you can't like. Tell wild ass stories and convince kids of shit. Then what is the point? Like, when I was even younger, my dad came home one day. That shit is. I'm just saying that shit's hilarious. Like, it's hilarious. Like this is what this is a move I'm going to use. My dad came home one day. He worked at General Electric. Yeah, but it was like a repair store. It wasn't like anything. But he told me the scientists where he worked. He did not work at scientists. He worked at a place where they fixed dryers. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) <laughs> he came home and said that the scientists at GE had just released the information that they had discovered a new number. <laughs> I want to say it was between three and four, and its name was Noof. <laughs> so, six o'clock at night, my dad comes home and tells me and my brother the story. That's like, so over good. dinner. That's so good. He keeps it going all night. So, the next day, my brother and I go to school. My brother's a couple grades ahead of me. I'm in my first class. I'm so excited. Like, teacher's like, oh, okay. Like, every beginning of the day, the teacher would be like, did anybody learn anything? You know, <laughs> yes. that kind of shit. Yes, bitch. And I'm like, hand up. <laughs> Call me. I got inside track on some shit. <laughs> Cut to the end of class, me coming out for recess or whatever wow. it was. How? And my brother booking ass towards me going, no, 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 don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> How? How? Too late. To what extent did your teacher, like, humor this operation? Well, it was, like, clearly confused. Like, she, she was listening to this little kid tell the story. And she's like, I don't think you understood what your dad was saying. I was like, no, I... I get it. Listen, I here. don't think you get it. Lady, listen here. <laughs> I'm going to tell this story. You're going to go let me lay in the bathtub full of pillows because I'm so cool. And that's going to be the day. But... That she was very, very kind about it. Why did your school have a bathtub full of pillows? It was like a reward for like doing well. Like really? you could spend like twenty minutes like this kick ass clawfoot tub was full of pillows. Alright. It was sounds... it was like a for a super nerdy little dude, it yeah. was like A plus. <laughs> That's awesome. Because you you were left alone, no one else could come get in your shit. You could read. Yeah, she just sat in a fucking tub and read comics. That sounds great. And I was at school. Yeah, I'll never forget the look at my brother's face as he ran towards me. It's like, <laughs> it no, ju- no, no! It, it just occurred to him that, oh shit, I bet Casey still believes that. <laughs> was he in on it? No. All right. No, but he, being just a little bit older, was clearly old enough to know that my old man was fucking with us. Man. 
That's pretty good. My sister, my older sister, convinced me that there was an alien living at the uh, the top of our magnolia tree in our front yard. Yeah, but it was just her doing a voice. <laughs> Would she like go around the tree? Like, I want to look from this side. Hello, bro. Yeah. Well, it was a way nicer alien. Oh, it was like an ET yeah, situation. That kind of a deal. Have you heard any of those people that like are super terrified of ET? No. I've I know a couple in my <laughs> life. My wife is one of those. Just, just like as a child, ET is just so so frightening. Uh, no, that's crazy. And ET don't mean no harm. If you like, I used to work at a video store yeah, where we could me, play me both, where we could play whatever we wanted sometimes. Yeah, and so there'd be times year I'd play ET every year, like this Halloweenish kind of. Right. And I'd always be busy doing something else, so I wouldn't often be watching E.T. I'd always be listening to it. If you just listen to E.T., it's a horror movie. It's kind of a horror movie. It's nothing but people screaming, children yelling, this weird groany noise. It's like the whole thing. Yeah. At that point, Spielberg had made like a few like alien horror movies, right? Or he had definitely made Close Encounters at that point, right? Yeah. I want to say, did he make another one? It feels like he just remade like his alien horror movie for kids, and like maybe... yeah, yeah, he softened it up. Yeah, uh, my personal hero Jay Z hates that movie. E. T. Mm-hmm. Jay Z hates E. T. He hates E. T. What? Look, <laughs> explain this to me. Uh, Don't make me call in next week to find out why Jay Z hates. I like heard this interview with Aziz Ansari, and in the middle of it, he's like telling <laughs> the dudes that. Jay-Z hates E.T. And he's like, what? they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, no, check this out. And he texts Jay-Z and he's like, hey, do you want to watch E.T. later? And he's like, fuck no, you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only way to get Jay-Z to respond to a text message. Um, <sighs> fuck. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. What so spiders? So the abnormal, like the fantastical, doesn't scare you it seems to be more do you you think do you think that you build these like tapestries of fears so that you don't have to confront the idea that like the people who you trust are are are, liars or lying to you yeah but isn't that what we want isn't that what great fiction is is a really good liar convincing us for that one book that this is possible this is real isn't that how you no i don't think so no that's not why you get into a story is because this person's world no, I think I want to like relate and connect with other humans. Like a good sci-fi story, or a good horror. I mean, I I think the best. I mean, the best sci-fi is very much about the world you live in now. Is it? Isn't it? <laughs> I think it's that it's a person. I think a good writer is the best liar. I think. No, I disagree. I disagree completely. I think the the best writers are the best at telling the truth. Wasn't well, that the best lie? Is the one that somebody? Uh, uh. 
just followed you down this road, man. I hate it. <laughs> right now is when we should we should uh, play a commercial. <laughs> we need, do you need a commercial break? No, but I'm saying we need. It would be cool. <laughs> Who do you think would sponsor our show? Like your ideal sponsor for this show. Because you want the thing they sell for free. Oh, I was about to answer really r- wrongly for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the sponsors I hear on podcasts and think oh, right. which one I'd want the most. I mean, there's only four. There's Squarespace. Well, now there are. I mean, but there used to be like the sex toy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was always an interesting one. Yeah. Are they just like super ahead and this is like the sex toy website marketing game just fucking on point? Or they just know how to save a buck? I think they've felt like this is a... (laughs) They're like, yo, this is a cheap... This is like an inexpensive way to advertise towards a market of people who spend a lot of time by themselves. A lot of internet folk. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's genius, right? Yeah. Shove this thing up your butt. <laughs> when you're <laughs> when you're not laughing, <laughs> why don't you shove this thing you in your butt? You know what's good after a good laugh? Hmm. Shoving something up your butt. <laughs> I hear that in a lot of improv classes. That's what they teach you. Yes, and put that up my butt. Y- yes, and thumb in the butt. <laughs> All right. All right, let's uh, call number seven. So I've been reading a lot of Clive Barker lately because it's October and I wanted to get in the mood for Halloween. And I've been wondering why he isn't more famous because as far as horror writer goes, horror writers go compared to Anne Rice or Stephen King, I actually think he's a much better writer, but he's not nearly as famous in my mind. He doesn't have nearly the name recognition as those two. And I kind of want to know what other people think about that. The only theory that I have come up with thus far is that Stephen King and Anne Rice are Americans and Clive Barker is British. And maybe that plays into it. That's a good theory. Like, I've read a gang of horror books. Yeah? And I don't know if I've read any Clive Barker. Really? Yeah. He's like the other guy. Yeah, but like, even his movie's never done it for me. Hellraiser? Yeah, like, that shit never made any sense to me. Yeah. That old dude with the pins in his head is does not scare me. Who is the poor man Stephen King? Is it Clive Barker or, like, Dean Koontz? It's the Koontz. It's the Cooner. <laughs> it's the big K. Because he'll write... He... <clears throat> it's Cootie. Diddy Coots. Oh, man. Um, I mean, did, did they come out at the same time? Yeah, yeah. They, they were both at their most popular. Coots was... Barker and King, I mean. Or Barker and King? Yeah. I mean, King's been out for fucking ever, so everybody's his contemporary. Yeah. I've never read either author, but I am easily terrified of anything. Because you're like, all right, let's make a scary episode. And I'm like, I'm scared of everything most of the time. <laughs> like, this is not... How my, do we not, my, like, mine is this a life break I take from my normal life where now I'm scared of shit? Ooh, like, there's a thing I look to, look forward to that's going to frighten the shit <laughs> out of me. Fuck that, man. Um, 
So you, what your contention is, Clive, is that Clive Barker isn't as successful because he sucks? I don't know if he sucks. I don't. I just, I've never had that thing that's put me over on him. I think he's a little. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think that Clive Barker picks the right shit to put his name on outside of the shit that he writes. Well, I think he writes all those fucking movies, man. He writes a ton of those. Like Lord yeah, of Illusion. Like, when there was like the series of comic books presented by Clive Barker and it was like, dude, these are just kind of crap. <laughs> My problem is it's like, like the Hellraiser stuff all seems so fantastical. In the same yeah. way that I'm never going to find, like we said before, your classic Frankenstein's and Dracula's and that Yo, kind of shit. Yo, but like, Jason? Fuck off. And you know why? Because there's that slight element of realism. Yeah. That don't, doesn't exist that's for me. That's just a dude with a hockey mask. Yeah. That's why Well, Dra- that's why Dracula's probably so endearing. Like, Dracula's eternal. bullshit. Because, like, at the time, that probably felt closer to, like, a real-world possible thing. Right? I, no. I, no. no, Dracula. All Dracula ever is is a fucking puritanical "don't have sex" story. That's all Dracula ever is. It's like, hey, don't have sex. Sex is bad. Sex will kill you. Don't have sex. Sex, sex, sex. Well, Are we is... talking about that sponsors again? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying. Fucking from fucking Bram Stoker to Twilight, it's all about like weird sexual repression. So like Dracula or the vampire is just like a fucking metaphor for boning down and like you're not supposed to so we're supposed to be team we should be team dracula every time yeah that's we what be blades t- about yeah no what you should be is team fucking fuck people who write dracula <laughs> stories except for blade except for blade or the board game fury of dracula it's very good <laughs> so so i think that's it i think that's why clive barker doesn't work for me is uh, it feels without you know admittingly i don't know that much about his stuff where Stephen King's story are all rooted in real world like real fears and real possibilities like a dude with pins in his head not gonna get <laughs> over on me a guy going crazy at a hotel and yeah. trying to chop up his family Yikes. makes sense do you okay so I have a friend who like okay so the movie Hot Rod starring Andy Samberg is great and we can agree on this right yeah Okay. Is this friend Dean Coots? No. Okay. Because um, if you want to turn this into a Coons cast. <laughs> Coons cast. Coonson. Um, which is also, is either about Dean Coons or um, the Christopher Walken character in Pulp Fiction. Also yeah, yeah. We, we can be. switch every episode. Um, so, Hot Rod is great. Hot Rod is great. I have a friend who's like, yo, the reason that Hot Rod was not a success was because Andy Samberg in that role looked a little too much like um, Napoleon Dynamite. And it was a little too close. And there was already a Napoleon Dynamite at that time in the like fucking zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Hot Rod got kind of swallowed up by that. Do you think that a similar thing happened with Stephen King and Clive Barker where it's like, there's already a Stephen King, Clive Barker. Like, maybe we don't really have room for two oh, two Stephen Kings. No. So you got to be in the fucking Dean Koontz, R.L. Stein category. <laughs> no, I think there's... Like, you're going to be B-team. Like, we only have room for one 
number home one run stunner. hitter. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's probably right. I yeah. think that's I think he probably casts out such a huge shadow over anybody doing yeah. anything horror that it's pretty hard to and come out so of. And he's so fucking prolific, and he's yeah. just pumping shit out. So it's like even when he got off the cocaine, he was he's still rocking it. Yeah. Good job, Steve King. Do your thing, Stephen King. I've got the perfect segue into what I think is that's the finest. My new, that's my new sign-off. What? Do your thing, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> the What I think is maybe the finest horror, horror story ever told is call number six. Hey, guys. It's Brendan. Uh, I love you, too. Um, I don't have so much of a ghost story as much as uh, I have a... Psychological thriller, oh, bathroom-based thriller. Uh, so as oh, we all know, there are like certain bits of etiquette when you go into the restroom, right? A public restroom, anyway. No go. Uh, you know, in your home, it's like do not anything see goes. Um. So anyway, I'm at work, probably like ten years ago, and I go into the stall to you know drop a deuce as you do. Yes. And. Somebody else comes into the bathroom. Now, there's three stalls. I'm on the far right. So the pers- the other person should definitely go into the far side, right? So we have an empty stall between us. Absolutely. But he doesn't. All right? So I hear the door next to me open, and it's like, oh, shit. Okay, so it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to see this person's shoes, and I'll be, like, wondering who it is and listening to their butt make noise while mine does the same. And so, you know, I hear the normal sounds of, like, the dude undoing his belt and, like, positioning over the toilet, and then the pants drop, and he sits down. And we had a, it was a secure access building, so we all had badges that we, like, wore around our belts or around lanyards. And he had his around his belt, right? So when his pants hit the ground, like, the ID badge or the access badge is right there where I can see it, and it's got his picture on it. And it was this dude that I worked with that, like, I knew. And so for the rest of that day, well, the rest of that week, really, like, every time I would see his face, I would be like, I know what your butt sounds like. (laughs) And it was really weird. So anyway, there you go. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, so, okay. So I was talking to my sister the other day, Maybe she doesn't want me to talk about this. I'm going to start over. Okay? <clears throat> I was talking the other day to this person I know. <laughs> <laughs> she probably doesn't care. Just a street to, person. I was talking to my sister. You're talking to one of your homies. And she was like, yo, you know how like when you're in the bathroom and you got to take a deuce and uh-huh. uh, there's another person there. It's like this weird standoff of like we don't want to know what each other's butt sounds like when we poop yeah right so her idea was to have like a uh like uh have i told this story before on the podcast i have no idea her idea was to put like a uh, like a nature sounds piped in to the bathroom okay so there's like a distracting sound but okay. then my idea was to have sounds piped in like yo this is a good idea trademark telefriends like you pipe in sounds into the bathroom of farting noises and poop sounds. Oh, so okay. Like, okay. You you're disguised like it's camouflage all the time. Like it always sounds like someone's taking a shit. So like everybody's free to just take a shit. Because I was gonna say, it's I like don't, the I, leprechaun who ties a ribbon on every tree. 
I don't know what her world of shit sounds sound like, but nature sounds ain't gonna cover no. it. No! Even the stuff I do, much less the stuff I've horrifying stuff I've heard in bathrooms. I'm saying the worst. Unless it's like, you know, the sounds of the elephant. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna wait for that big bird. And, yeah. <laughs> you gotta that sounds pretty good. It. It's like a game. <laughs> oh, they have like little video screens and you can see it. So you're like, in three. It's two, like in one. Shawshank Redemption where he's waiting for the thunderclap. <laughs> <laughs> But if this, this, our butt sounds are such a horrible thing. Do I want to go to a bathroom? That, as soon as I walk in, it's like, that's what I mean. It's going to have to be the cleanest toilet on in the world yeah. to but get away like, with having those sounds. <laughs> Fart. Fart two. Fart three. All the time. <laughs> You've got a good repertoire there, champ. <laughs> so, but the worst, I don't think, is even the farting sounds. It's. The worst is when... So first of all, is if there's a urinal right next to the fucking... Um, to the outside far left stall... Yeah. Then perhaps he was trying to be courteous of, to the dude... Of the guys to, who were just trying to get in Future dudes trying to just take it. Yes, I get that. Um, that's clearly why the why our caller set so far away. Right, that's why he did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, The worst, more so than fucking the farting noises, are like the dudes who sit down and they're like, "Oh, oh mm, yeah, yeah," and it's like, just "Stop it!" I, stop I can, everything. I can, t- I can step that up too. And it's the dude doing that when he's not on the phone. Yeah, I've had that one several times. Wait, on the phone? Where he'd be like, mm. "Yeah, man, yeah, yeah." The flight should be in like six <laughs> thirty. Like, yeah. Not only do I know you're shitting on the phone, the person on the phone's <laughs> got to know you're shitting on the phone. Can they hear me? <laughs> I don't know anybody in the world I want to listen to shitting on the phone. <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thank Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back down a little bit. All right. Be a little more comfortable. Get back in your wheelhouse. <sighs> I can see you starting to sweat. And we're going to listen to call number three. Hey guys, this is Gavin. Love the show. Did he say Garvin? the women in my life. Um, so I was thinking that your show is called One In Under Jams, but the talk of jams has been pretty uh, <laughs> severely lacking. Um, and considering that it's Halloween season, I thought a couple of good questions for you guys might be jam related so i got a two-parter here for you first what is your favorite halloween seasonal jam edible wise second what is your favorite halloween uh, seasonal creepy jam song wise all right so I'm going to give you guys a chance to think about that while I play my uh, favorite Halloween song. Fuck yeah. And by the time it's over, I uh, expect a damn good answer. So this song he's playing is going to go on for the rest of this call, which is like two minutes. Right. 
in most of the next call, number four. Oh, shit. Okay. It's going to go in for the rest of this call. Uh-huh. Oh, like two more minutes, and this will be another, like, minute and a half on the next call. Uh-huh. So that's how we just use this bed music while we talk about what our favorite seasonal jam beating. Oh. Um... I have a special place in my heart for uh, the oft-maligned candy corn. <laughs> That's your seasonal jam? I don't know that it's my seasonal jam. I-, I think it's my favorite, like, of your holiday-related candies and things to eat. Like, yeah. that you only eat at those certain times. Right, candy corn's good. It's better than candy cane. It kicks the shit out of a candy cane, because it tastes like vanilla. Yeah. Um, but, like, what else would fall under that? Just turkey and stuffing. I don't have that anytime. Oh, it doesn't have to be Halloween related? No, just seasonal. Right? You know what I hate is a, I hate a Cadbury cream egg. I've never liked it. It tastes like barf in my mouth. And I don't know how they're made, and that confuses me. Yeah. Uh, every year for Christmas, my wife prepares a, like a duck larange. Ooh. And it's ooh, the shit. Ooh la la. Yeah. Yo, that thing don't fuck around. Um... Turkey and stuffing's really good, though. Let's listen to the song a little bit more. Oh, we just went into the next one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Good. This is amazing. This is one of the best calls I've ever heard. It's a really show. good one. Um, I love that he called our show 1-800-JAMS. That makes me really happy. <laughs> makes me worry about our branding, but it makes me really happy for the call. <laughs> the brand. Um, Halloween jams musically? I think this one of the one of my the, one of the scariest songs is is uh, Spinal Meningitis by Ween. That's pretty. That's pretty scary. You don't like the. Oh. Oh. How far up? We're still in it. So what's it going to be, guys? Uh, uh, one of you or both of you just sat through a lo-fi recording of a of a creepy song through a phone, and uh, now I need some jams. I need some, some sweet, sweet jams um, going on. So give me some jams. What do you got? Casey Bow. Casey, Bo, what do you got? Give me a jam right now. <laughs> Guys, hello. Oh, man. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Solid work. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, so not a monster mash? For... Are you talking about actual scary yeah, shit? Uh, creepy jams. That's that's our all our because it's a graveyard smash. Yeah, it's, I mean it's a good one. Um, no, it's a graveyard smash. Yeah, for sure. Um, Not enough songs start with saying how good the song is right at the beginning. <laughs> of the song. I uh okay. It's it's basically rap songs and monster mash are the only songs like this is the best song in the world. I like the like I love a rap song that explains what happened in the movie you just saw. <laughs> um 
What? Okay. Casey. Yo. Seasonal Halloween specific food jam. Go. Candy corn. You and I agree. Candy corn is the Halloween food jam. <laughs> Bo. Yep. Seasonal Halloween jam music. Go. What? Well. You're just going to have to wait till the end of the show. Oh, shit. I want to thank everybody for calling this week. Oh, shit. That's it. That's it? Yeah, I, and I want to thank uh, Boo Jeans Lady, Dreadlock Finder, Spider-Man, Brendan, <laughs> Gavin. Who else we got? We got our uh, spooky authors. Yeah. Barker fan. The person who's concerned about global warming, our Queens friend. Jerry from Queens. Jerry from Queens. Holler to my boy Jerry from Queens. <laughs> Thanks all of you for calling this episode of Telefriends. I don't think we left anybody out. I don't think that's the way we should do that either. No. Nah. nah. Thanks everybody for calling. Thank <laughs> everyone for fucking calling. Thanks everybody for listening as well. Because, like... <clears throat> this we, is... we, we can't do the show if you don't call and we can't do the show if you don't listen. Yeah. Oh, are we, like... The worst, like the most, we're in the most vulnerable the position in the world. Yeah. We need, we need you on both ends. We, we need you for three things. Ultimately, <laughs> we need you to, to call the show, thus yeah. creating the content for it. Yeah, listen to the show and being the audience for it, and promoting the show by uh, telling yeah. the people, uh, tell you your know, friends. To, to tell a friend to listen to tell a friends. And thank you for doing those things for us. But you know who only needs to do one thing, and he does it every week. Who's that? Taku. Thanks, Taku. He does what he's supposed to do. <laughs> Taku, thanks, Taku, for the use of the theme song I'm supposed to do. It's the best damn song. It's a perfect thing. All right. Tell friends now on Facebook. Do you know where we're at on Facebook, Bo? Facebook.com slash teledash friends. No dash. <laughs> Facebook.com slash telefriends. Killed it. It's not oh. telefriends podcast? Nope. Facebook.com slash telefriends. We're also on Twitter at tele underscore friends. iTunes and SoundCloud. Yep. SoundCloud.com slash tele dash friends. We're working on a website. Yeah. It's not up. It's not ready yet. We're getting there. But it's going to happen. Um, what else? What else do we do? Our, our, we bookend with the plea again. Give us a call. Yeah, please. Three, four, five, one, eight, jams. Jams. And tell a friend to call. At 304 518 jams. Tell a friend to listen. And, you know, fucking be you and just like, like, get involved. Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, Bo, it's. Just leaves us our final thing. My question for the week for you. Oh, yeah. My question this week is very familiar. It's what is our signature sign off? Do your thing, Stephen King. Nailed it. Let's listen to Halloween Parade by Lou Reed. There's a downtown fair singing out proud Mary as she cruises Christopher Street. And some southern queen is acting loud and mean where the docks and the bad lands meet. This Halloween is something to be sure of. Especially 
to be here without you. There's a Greta Garbo and an Alfred Hitchcock and some black Jamaican stud. There's five Cinderella's and some leather drags. I almost fell into my mug. There's a Crawford Davis and a tacky Cary Grant. And some homeboys looking for trouble down here from the Bronx. But there ain't no Harry and no Virgin Mary. You won't hear those voices again. And Johnny Rio and Rotten Rita, you never see those faces again. This Halloween is something to be sure. Especially to be here without you. There's the born again losers and the lavender boozers and some crack team from Washington Heights. The boys from Avenue B, the girls from Avenue D, a Tinkerbell and tights. This celebration somehow gets me down. Especially when I see you're not around. There's no Peter Pedantic saying things romantic in Latin, Greek, or Spick. There's no three bananas or Brandon Alexander dishing all their tricks. It's a different feeling that I have today. Especially when I know you've gone away. There's a girl from Soho with a t-shirt saying I blow. She's with the Jive 5, 2 plus 3. And the girl for pay dates are giving cut rates. Or else doing it for free. The past keeps knock, knock, knocking on my door. And I don't want to hear it anymore. No consolations, please, for feeling funky. I gotta get my head above my knees. But it makes me mad and that makes me sad And then I start to freeze In the back of my mind I was afraid it might be true In the back of my mind I was afraid that they meant you The Halloween Parade At the Halloween Parade Next year at the Halloween.